Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, presented to you by myself, Stoyan Yankov, Productivity and Performance Coach, Keynote and TEDx Speaker, and co-author of the Perform Methodology, and the book, Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. Join me on a journey to discover what some of the world's leading professionals do to be more productive, create peak performing teams, and build successful global companies. New episodes weekly. And now, enjoy today's episode. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Good morning, Stoyan. I'm great. Really a great day for me. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I've been on the road for 10 days, more or less. So I just came home yesterday. Uh, did a workshop for 15 scale-ups from Finland, Estonia, and Sweden. Uh, received great feedback. I'm still cool. recovering when it comes to you know, my physical energy, but it's always exciting to meet you, Patrick, and it's been such a great uh, opportunity to actually meet you in person for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, credit to the organizers of TEDx EUBG, uh, AUBG, for having me as a speaker last year and then having you as a speaker this year. So we got the chance to actually spend some time together in person after knowing each other, you know, being uh, LinkedIn and <laughs> Zoom buddies for a couple of years. So yeah, yeah really good to, to meet you, man, finally. But, but, but we managed to really establish a relationship, um, get connected via LinkedIn and did not go silent, but, you know, really established a relationship which um, is so fruitful um, it's just amazing. That's that's the power of LinkedIn if, if used correctly, right? So everybody who's listening right now, LinkedIn actually works. <laughs> but uh, just, to, just to give you a bit of a context, so those of you who haven't seen Patrick before, actually Patrick is coming back to the podcast. The first time he came, we talked about his first book called Fast Scaling. Patrick is having quite a diverse background, I would say, uh, having done stuff in legal, having done stuff in uh, the VC world, you know, being an investor, understanding really well how to fast scale a company. And of course, he's an expert in leadership. And his book, his new book, The Leadership House, is coming out just today, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called The Leadership House. It's uh, published by Wiley. I'm still waiting for my copy, and this is not on Patrick, actually it's on me. I've been traveling, so I couldn't receive my copy, but the book is called The Leadership House. You can find it already online. Make sure to go check it out. We'll talk about the book. We'll talk about um, how Patrick actually wrote the second book, the process, the behind the scenes, and of course, we'll cover what does it really take to be an effective leader. But maybe let's start from there, Patrick. Why writing a second book? I remember the first time you were working on the book. It was like, oh man, that's, you know, I don't know <laughs> I'm ever going to do that. And then we had another conversation like, yeah, I'm working on the, the second one. The third <laughs> one is like, what's going on, Patrick? Yeah, I think meanwhile, I, I enjoy writing books and sharing knowledge via this medium. Um, indeed, after the first book, I actually thought and promised to my wife I would never, ever write another book totally underestimated what it means to write a book. I think I started out writing the first book when the pandemic hit and I thought, you know, I don't have to commute anymore. So I have enough time to write a book. So as I said, pretty naive. Um, yeah, so I ended up working, uh, getting up at three o'clock in the morning and, and uh, work long hours <clears throat> because especially if, you know, if you're a venture capital investor, you cannot put a book out there, which is like just med mediocre. It, it needs to be high quality. Um, and the first draft, uh, that's probably what every writer says, is just crap. Um, my first draft was full of repetitions um, and I didn't like it. But the good part was, you know, there was a, there was a book in my hands. And then refining it, improving it um, was a lot of fun. And the feedback I received from, from across the globe was just amazing and so rewarding that at one point in time, when I realized that, you know, Many founders, many, many management teams, leadership teams I work with struggle when it comes to even defining what is leadership. 
not not knowing how to actually become more effective. And when I worked with them, you know, I, I gave them advice or worked as a coach, but it was like we were working on specific topics, yeah, how to create trust, why is trust important or accountability. But the feedback I received was always, or sometimes, Patrick, this is great advice. It's really helpful, but you know, it would be so helpful if I had a framework I could follow systematically to become a better leader, you know, that I can use day in, day out. And then I've done some research on it. And indeed, um, leadership lacks this kind of system, a framework that people can follow. So I decided to look into this topic and, and thought about all the topics I discussed with the leadership teams I work with. And I, I wondered, is there actually a framework? Is is there are there elements you know that you know i can create and and align so it becomes a framework and yeah and then you know after i wrote down all the elements that are important uh, i came up with this leadership house um picture uh, and then i decided yeah i will do it again i will do it again i will write again yeah and, and here we are now you're really yeah. hitting a nail here right as you said, there are so many books about leadership, yeah. but what people need these days is is simplification, you know, step by step, some sort of a structure they can follow. Uh, and before before you lead me through the framework, which uh, I was uh, happy enough to to see a couple of weeks ago uh, at uh, during your TEDx talk, but before you lead me through that, I I want to hear first, uh, who do you hope will read this book? Who would be the, the ideal, who do you want to impact with this book? Yeah. So, I mean, it is written it, it, written as a tale and the tale plays in the startup ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a CEO, a founder of a startup who's, um, who's struggling uh, and he thinks he's a strong leader. It's not about leadership, but over time you realize everything is about it's all about leadership and and why he struggles has to do with leadership um so certainly the first idea is that you know i've been writing this book for startup founders mm. but the framework is not for startup founders only you know i also worked in a publicly traded company i, wor I worked in a law firm you, you said you know i've got a kind of diverse background um it's for everyone in leadership positions you know, who has the feeling that I had when I first was in a leadership position that, you know, I had kind of self-doubts. I didn't know what to do. It's for everyone in, in a leadership position. It's for, for managers who are functional experts and due to their functional expertise are suddenly put into a leadership position and don't, don't know what that means. Actually, now it's being in charge of people and not on in charge of product, etc. So it's for everyone, everyone who has to lead people who's in charge of people. I love it. And, and I, would, uh, I would like to invite you to very briefly share what are the elements of the leadership house, just so we can see the whole picture. And yeah. then later in the conversation, we can go and deep dive into each of them. So what are the elements of the leadership house? Yeah. So there are actually three main parts. The first part is about building a strong team. The second part is about setting up this strong team for success. And the third part is about ensuring that the teams execute the plans that you have in terms of turning purpose and vision into reality. And there are eight elements. So building a strong team has to do with trust, which is the basis, the foundation of the leadership house. And then the first two pillars are actually a strong team. So how do I build a strong team? And the second pillar is shared values because I think that it's really important that team members share the same values because sharing the same values will create a strong team culture and a team culture is of utmost importance for, for success. If you have established the team, it's about setting up it for success. And there are two elements that I think are important. The first are shared goals and the second is joint plans because certainly purpose and vision are important but they are rather intangible. You know, you cannot just tell your people, here's our purpose, here's our vision, let's go and get there. Yeah? So in my experience working with teams, it's also about 
defining the what. You know, what do we need to do to turn vision into reality? And these are the goals. So more tangible. Yeah, what are the goals ahead? And um, from my TEDx talk, you know, for me, it's not about a leader having to tell people what to do, about imposing goals on the team, but involving the strong team that we have created in the goal setting process and asking the team, what, what do we actually have to do? This is why I call it shared goals. And joint plans is more granular. It tells, you know, what each team member, team leader needs to do. And this is really important and deliver in terms of results. So we achieve our goals. And then finally execution, it's about holding people accountable. And that's a tough topic because many leaders shy away from holding people accountable. They have to lead crucial conversations. But you know, if you build trust in your teams, if you have a strong team, real relationships, you can hold people accountable. And, and you can hold people accountable for both the tasks and this again important the results they achieve because if you if you work with results people do not tell you well it's not my fault i'm not responsible they all know it's about you know the results they need to achieve they reach out for help so holding accountable is possible if you follow the the framework and then it's about empowering your team members a lot of buzzwords, right? You know, also that's that's a topic, a feedback I received. A lot of buzzwords, you know, what is accountability? What is empowerment? I describe it in this book, but empowerment for me is, you know, not only giving the team members the tools and resources they need, but empowering to make important decisions. Uh, because if you have created a strong team, if you have set, set it up for success, why would you now want to approve everything? You know, you become a bottleneck. Um, so it's really about allowing them to make important decisions, which, you know, frees up your time to, to really focus on, on what your job is. On Your job is to lead, to be in charge of people. And then the roof of the leadership house, you're in charge of making sure that you execute your plans. Because leadership is about results, not about tasks. And execution, there, I talk about mainly about all the leadership challenges out there and how, how leaders can overcome them. And certainly the leadership house framework has actually for every major leadership challenge an answer, a solution. So that's think, the framework, eight elements. Th yeah. Thanks, Patrick, for giving us an overview. And, and I would imagine one of the challenges for a framework like this or the book that we wrote uh, with Christopher Perform is many of the topics that you cover are so important yet they sound like common sense, right? Like, oh, these are topics that everybody knows. But, but the thing is, and you've been working a lot with startups as an investor, evaluating teams, helping them to grow, to set up systems and so on. And you know that very few actually consistently apply those kind of things. Some of them, yeah. don't, they don't know them because maybe they come from a tech background or, or so they don't, they don't have the, the softer human skills so well-developed. But many of them actually... They've heard about these things, but it's one thing to know. It's another thing to, to apply it consistently in a super dynamic life of uh, either as a startup or, or, you know, ambitious corporate team, you name it, right? Um, so I really want us, if we can do that in the, the next four or five minutes, to go down in the trenches and, and try to provide as much practical ideas and tools and, and strategies that, that our audience yeah. can, can maybe pick from. But, but since trust, you chose trust to be the fundamental, the base for the whole leadership house. And I completely agree. What is trust for you? And if you have witnessed teams that have this one really in a good place, what did they do right in order to build strong trust in the team? Mm -hmm. So I think it's 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 two questions actually. One is what, and, and the other uh, question is you know how do you build trust? And I mean I could I would bet that you have worked in in environments full of mistrust, Stoyan. At least I've I've done. Yeah. So you you start watching your back. You're you're hiding maybe some some mistakes you've made. Um, you do not feel comfortable challenging your team members or challenging your leader because if you do not trust that leader you might be fired you might 
lose some kind of bonus. Um, so wherever there is mistrust, people do not focus on what is important for the team, for the team's success. It's more about, you know, don't, avoiding making mistakes. Um, yeah, and, and, and watching our backs. And in contrast, if if you work in, in trusting environments, and, and since a few years, I always focus on creating trust in my teams. It's just wonderful that, you know, you have open discussions, that you can challenge uh, one another, um, that people in my team who made a mistake approached me and told me, Patrick, oh, something really bad happened. I, I made this mistake. Said, you know, I could, you know, embrace that person, yeah, kiss that person because it's just great that they that they speak up and say, I've made a mistake. You know, I should, you know, I celebrate these 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 team members because that shows there's trust in the team. And then if they if they disclose these these topics early on, we can as a team solve them. And and then you know, team success is again the goal. And as a maybe as an as a board member, I've worked with a team and especially a CEO that I did not trust, and um, and also in the in the in the board, the shareholders representing the the investors. I'm I'm not sure that everybody trusted each other, and I have the feeling, although we we sold that company for quite a quite a good amount, I think this company could have gone way 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 farer if with with trust in in, in the team between founders and, and, and board. Um, yeah, and they've, they fell short of their potential, I think. I would love to include here another framework, which was shared to me on the podcast first, and then I dig deeper into it. Uh, I don't know if you've previously seen this framework. Uh, so there was a guest on a podcast called uh, Misho Stefanov. Misho, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hope you're having a great day. Uh, thanks for sharing this with us. But the, there's this framework. I think it's coming from academics. Uh, you know, what are the four elements or components of trust when it comes to a work environment? And and I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on that. But the, the first one is the honesty piece, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do I trust that this person is going to tell me the truth if I ask them and they will be, you know, they will not lie. They will not hide things. Like, you know, that's the honesty. So yeah. if you don't have it, you know, you don't trust the person. Uh, the second one is competence. Patrick, yeah. you can be super honest, right? But can I trust that you will, you have the competence, the, the skill set to deliver uh, whatever your task is, right? And this one can be learned. You can get an intern. They don't have the competence yet. So you need to, you know, manage them a little more, give them more feedback. But at the moment, maybe you don't trust them that much because they don't have the capability. Um, that's the second one. The third one is they might be honest, they might be competent, but do I trust that they will keep their word delivered by deadline? You know, take ownership pretty much. Or if they don't deliver, they'll make sure that they communicate to the right person. And look, sometimes people are honest, people are competent, and they're not really good in following through and, and actually delivering. So you don't trust these people. The, the fourth element, and actually I had a person that had these three previously in my team. She was amazing. Yeah. She was honest. Uh, she was very capable. She would deliver all the time. But the fourth element is, do I trust that they care? Do mm -hmm. they, are they passionate about it? Are they motivated to actually be part of this thing? Right? You yeah. can, you've probably seen people like that, right? Having the first three. But, you know, they, they do the job and leave, right? It's like, I don't really trust that they're into it, right? So these are the four components. And, and I really love this framework because it makes you think, why is it that I don't trust this specific person, right? In the case that you said the CEO or whatever, I, I didn't really trust him. Like in, in which of those components, maybe you didn't trust him? Hmm. So let me, let me approach this from the leadership per perspective. So <clears throat> maybe how can a leader create trust and maybe what you say about you know does that person really care that's that's a topic i recently uh, wrote an article um, for the ink magazine about it's called truth and leadership for me it's you know truth and leadership is something like company culture but from a leader perspective you know strong company culture is 
when you have a great purpose and inspiring vision, yeah, you work on strong values, then you will see the behavior that you want to see. But it, it won't lead to the desired outcome if the leader is in a position, the purpose of being a leader is not because he wants to be there, but he, he's there because of he wants to receive the salary, he wants to receive recognition, yeah? The why, why am I here? When Why am I in the leadership position? If this is not aligned with the goal of the company, of the team, then there is no truth in leadership. Um, so the purpose is, is important for, for the company, but it's also important for us as leaders. Why do we do the things we do? Uh, and, and that is important for a leader. But it's, I think if there's one, one advice I give my, my, my children is, you know, you need, to, you need to find something that you love. No, if you find something you really want to do, you will be good at it, yeah, and you will enjoy doing it. Yeah, just don't do anything for just for the money or for the sake of 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 get, getting recognition. That that's not rewarding. So that's about the the why. Now the framework that you've shared, I think I I agree. Um, I use a, a different framework. It's called the res, respect framework. Respect framework for building trust. Uh, mm -hmm. It certainly has more elements, but the ones that you've mentioned are also included there. So the R in respect stands for relationship, because I believe we can only build trust and become a trustworthy person if we build real relationships with the people. Otherwise, if we don't have real relationships, it's more like trust um, because we, we want to trust, but you know, it, we, don't, we cannot even know, you know, can this person be trusted? It's about building relationships. And I want you to stay a little bit on that one. I want you yeah. to stay a little bit on that one, and we'll cover the rest of the respect. But um, this is a this is a very kind of a topic that you have the one corner of people, one camp that's saying, "Hey, we are a professional team. We don't want to be so close. Do the job. You know, we're winning." And then then the other, the other camp is like, "I want to get to know my people." I want us to be friends. I want us to trust each other. I want us to do things together, you know, to people to like yeah. each other. So, so can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Because I sure. feel it's very important. Absolutely. Um, one of the major leadership challenges I see is that leaders want to make friends with their team members. It's not about making friends. Being a leader is not about making friends. No, if you end up having a friend in your team, that's great, but that's not the goal. And building relationships is not about making friends. I mean, in, in private life, maybe that is, but you know, in business, in teams, it's about getting to know the other persons. What drives them? What intrinsically motivates them? Yeah, because you want to understand what they contribute, how they think about topics, um, and you need to be emotionally intelligent in order to, to, to grasp this, right? You know, put your ego aside, focus on the other person, ask open questions, try to understand them, and then work on this understanding of the other person. That's the two elements for me of emotional intelligence and E is actually the E in, in respect. So long story short, it's not about making friends. And building relationships is not about friendship. It's about relationships, about understanding each other. And that's, that's for me something, if, if, if there's a leader who says, I don't care, we are professionals, everybody has to do what he or she has to do, that leader will fall short of its potential and the team will fall short of its potential. And I'm convinced. Uh, so it's, it's for me not, not the leadership style that I would ever use. That's that's a very very good point. I'm happy that I asked you this question, to so we can go a little bit deeper on that, right? Like, I I do believe it's not just it's gonna fall short. I I feel like people in 2023 will choose companies that care about them, leaders that care, and being caring doesn't mean you should be friends, right? Yeah. As you said, if it naturally happens, fine. But the main goal is not that. The main goal is. Is the person appreciating me, caring about me, understanding my personal motivation and trying to align them with, with my role and the things that I do? Uh, if the person, there's many ways to do that. 
right? Um, but that's a very, very important one. Okay, so relationship is the first one in respect. What what are the other ones? Yeah, um, the E, the second one is emotional intelligence, intelligence because we need to be emotionally intelligent to, to build these kind of relationships. Um, then the S, you've mentioned that as well. It's it's skills. Skills are important. Just because you're you're a skilled person doesn't mean that you are a leader. But you know, if you're not skilled, um, if you're not able to ask the right questions, it, it's it's tough for your team members to trust your judgments. So I think that's also why I'm I'm convinced that everybody should work on his or her leadership skills constantly. And this is also one reason why I wrote this book, The Leadership House so people can develop the leadership skills. Yeah? It's, it's about, sometimes it's also about, you know, functional expertise, but I'm more from, from looking at this from the, from the leadership skills. And, and respect, we also touched on, on, on the P, professional, professional behavior. No, if you can choose between what is right and wrong, choose what is right. If you just, you know, choose wrong just once and people notice, there is no trust anymore. People will ask themselves, you know, what is that person doing when we are not around? Um, how often is, is he choosing wrong? Um, it destroys trust. So being professional is really important. E is, the second E is about empowerment, you know, because if you empower people to make important decisions, if you give them the tools and resources, it actually reinforces your trust in their capabilities. So, you know, empowerment reinforces trust. Respect the C, you also mentioned it, consistency, walking the talk. If you tell someone, you know, you will help him or her, um, let her or him attend a leadership course, um, you should do so. Yeah, you should, you know, and, and if you cannot do it for whatever reason, yeah, you need to communicate. You talk to the person, you know, I will walk the talk, you know, but just at this point in time, it's difficult, but you will get your, your course as soon as I can. This is kind of a leadership behavior, which is consistent. And T is also what you, you've said, you know, you, I think you, you mentioned honesty. For me, it's more transparency. I think honesty is, is more for me a result of, of, of trust. Um, and, and transparency is more a, a tool that we use to create trust. Because if we are transparent, um, well, the other way around, I've worked in an environment where I like the people, I like the team, but the leader was not transparent about a specific topic. And I always wondered, you know, what's there? What, what is there? Why is he not transparent about this topic? There was, you know, it was not 100%, 100% trust. I trusted that person, but there was always something, you know, why? Yeah, so tra being transparent, you know, shows that, you know, you can trust that person. And if there is something that you cannot share for, legal reasons for whatever reason it's easy to explain why and if that is compelling what you what you what you explain you understand you know okay that person wants to be transparent but it, he or she cannot creates trust and this is like the respect framework is something you know i use when i work with leadership teams when i see that trust is an issue and it helps so you can see the whole picture and you can evaluate if there is any gaps with the leader at this very moment. Is that what you mean? In, in, in terms of transparency? or In terms of like you, you work with the leaders using the framework respect, meaning you identify with them whether there are some specific gaps the, leader, the leaders are having yeah. in each of these and what could be done so they can become a more effective leader. Yeah, I mean, you start discussing, uh, talking with leadership teams about their problems, right? And, you know, they're so many reasons why why teams can struggle but one reason can be that the, that there's a lack of trust in the team mm. and if, if i realize this certainly it's about working on the solution and and the respect framework can help because if you go through the through the um letters and discuss them with the with the leader you will know or notice what what the problem actually is is, is it not not being transparent is it not Often it's someone who's not building real relationships, to be honest. It's, it's like, you know, really being genuinely interested in, in, the, in the team members. That's, that's, in my experience, often the problem that, you know, either they, they don't want to, they don't know how to um, go about building real relationships with team members. And as you said, some, some don't want to. And then, you know, 
we need to discuss why it's important to, to do it anyway. It's very interesting what you're sharing and I will refer to what you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation. Um, I had a, I was once invited to do a, I think it was two, three day team offsite in Manchester in the UK for a, for a company there. And they had a really inspiring new CEO that was really, you know, a great leader, I would say, from my observation mm -hmm. working with her. Um, so, so she was brought on board in a company that maybe more than 10 years company, not, not super old, but, but, you know, a company that already got to a cycle of, you know, everything is structured and, and things. Are, so, so the culture before she got on board was you are not allowed to share, you know, if you innovate too much and you fail, you'll be, you know, the bosses will say, Hey, what are you doing? Right. So you got to yeah. follow the rules. You got to do the things. And, and, and we, we, we had to work with the executives um, and she wanted to show them, Hey guys, I want you to innovate. I want you to experiment. I want you to have a certain percentage of, yeah. of your decisions to be wrong. But it took us a while to really identify that and to have these conversations. And, and I would imagine that's a, that's a huge challenge for, for many teams. You know, I mean, Patrick, you've been working with hundreds and hundreds of uh, startups, scale-ups. And I want, if you can, on top of this as a challenge, maybe identify what, what, do, you, what do you think founders leaders are struggling with when it comes to being an effective leader like what are some of the things that maybe they are not paying enough attention on and they should shed more light on yeah so good question you know um i think what do they struggle with you know what prevents them from becoming a leader uh, an effective leader i think it refers to what we've discussed at the very beginning nobody tells them what it actually means to be effective. And then they participate, you know, in, in, in the team offsite and learn something about, let's say, you need to be humble, you need to be strong at the same time, do not micromanage, you know, but delegate and empower your people. And maybe they learn something, but in my experience, as soon as they are back in the trenches, they they do what they've always been doing. They they lead following their gut feeling. So I think that's the main problem that I have identified. And this is why I shared the framework. But certainly there are other typical leadership challenges. Yeah, I mean, leadership self-doubts has to do with you not knowing what it actually means to become an effective leader. But then <clears throat> others have a hard time delegating topics. You know, they want to be on top of everything. Yeah? They do not know how to delegate effectively. And it is important to delegate effectively because as a leader, you're not in charge of product sales, marketing, you're in charge of people and, and, and you can only be in charge of people if you delegate tasks that you do not have to do on your own as a leader. Um, communication is, an, is, a, is a huge problem. Uh, how do I communicate effectively? So uh, I've already said, you know, when there is, when, when I ever write a second uh, edition of this book, I probably will add one, one, one pillar and this is communication. I touch upon communication when I talk about all the pillars, but actually it should be should be a separate pillar because communication is so important. Probably should um, be a separate book to be to be honest. We also have yeah. it in the perform framework. The second R stands for robust communication, but yeah. but you know it's like where, which angle should I take it? You know, it's such a huge topic, and it's such a you know something that will distinguish whether a leader is an effective leader or not. Communication is so huge to be a masterful communicator. Yeah, and if you just think, think about the 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 word effective leader. Effective actually means, you know, you solve topics, you solve problems, you achieve results, right? You know, it's, at the end, of, it's all about results and how do I get to, to the results I want, want to get to. Again, the framework, that's why the framework is, is, is set up as it is, uh, so that we end up with results, with achieving our goals and turning vision and, and, and purpose into reality. Um, and, you know, so... There are probably 20, 30 typical leadership challenges out there, crucial conversations, you know, um, but it has also to do with, 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 with communication. Um, so so let's, let's, go, let's go really on the how-to, right? Because there might be some, some people listening. There's usually many startup founders listening, entrepreneurs, yeah. also business managers, and not everybody is naturally focused on people. 
Like there's product people, there's tech people um, who are much better in the the so-called hard skills, right? Yeah. Um, so what would be some kind of how-tos, right? Imagine a startup founder never really paid attention so much on the software topics, on the human side of the things, but now they, they're open, they want to learn. What would be some, you know, practical ideas of where could they start, you know, should they start setting up more feedback meetings with the team if they haven't? Like, could you give us some practical yeah. ideas, something that you've seen that works in, in companies? Yeah. So, I mean, you, you started talking about product and people with hard skills. And I think a typical situation is someone is really good in tech or product. Everybody admires that person. And suddenly someone says, now you're going to lead the team, right? But that person is a functional expert. Yeah, he or she might not be an expert in terms of how to lead people. And what, a, a typical reaction that I see is that these people try to do what they've always been doing. You know, if, if they know something, they start digging deep into the actual work, but that's not their job anymore. They are not there because of their functional expertise. And maybe they are there for the wrong reasons, but now they are in charge of leading people. Yeah. And they don't, they don't know how, right. Um, so that's, that's, that's a typical situation. Um, and, and what was the, the second question was about... Actually, actually it's about this situation. I will get yeah. back to the question, but about this situation, you know, what what would be an effective way to to handle this situation, both from a perspective of, you know, maybe the executives that brought, yeah. promoted this person, but also from perspective of this person that just got promoted and now he needs to be Great a leader. So from the executive perspective, if you have followed the leadership house framework, hopefully you have built real relationships with the people. You understand what motivates them. Maybe that person you want to promote in the leadership position doesn't want to be a leader. You know, maybe he or she is just a functional expert and wants to remain a functional expert. Not everybody wants to be a leader, right? But if you know that person, you can assess whether that is true or not. And if you if you communicate, surprise, surprise, that that person might tell you, actually, I don't want to be in that leadership position. So as an executive, you know, before you put someone into a leadership position, I would always ask myself, is is that person capable of becoming leader? Can I help that person become an effective leader? So assist in, in making the transition. Yeah? But you know, most importantly, the why. Is, is that person actually willing to become a leader? And that also answers your second question from, from, the, from the functional expert. It's again about the why, it's about the purpose. You know, why am I here? Yeah? Is, it because, I in- is it because this position will allow me to get better salary? And the only way yeah. to get better salary is if I get promoted as a manager. I don't really yeah. want to, but the natural step right absolutely and then suddenly you realize you know two years time you earn a little bit more money but you are absolutely desperate and 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 dissatisfied with your job because sorry um you're absolutely dissatisfied with your where you are your position um and it's it's just you know you realize it was the wrong the wrong direction that you've chosen and uh, i think the point you know about you know feedback that you've mentioned mm. i think you know a practical advice for leaders how do i build trust how do i build real relationships is not about instead of having once a year a feedback session now have it every quarter no it's about doing this every day about saying good morning to your people saying goodbye to your people asking how you're doing is there anything I can do for you? Do you have everything? Yeah. That's, you know, it's as a leader, that's your job. That's, that's a daily job. And, and, and feedback you give directly. You do not wait two days, three days, four days. If in trusting relationships, you give direct feedback. And mm-hmm. usually people appreciate that you give that feedback. And the other way around, if you if you don't give that feedback and then four weeks later you say, Do you remember, you know, this Tuesday afternoon, 
you screwed it up there. And then you say, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. So, so that person was four, four weeks working and, and thought, you know, everything was just fine. Uh, just to realize that the leader, you know, thought for four weeks um, that it was not all good. And, and then that he, he was doing it uh, in the wrong way. No, it's about real relationships and, 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 and daily re relationships. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because it's uh, the word leader. It's like you're leading, right? It comes with the benefits and it comes with the disadvantages. It's not always fun to be a leader, right? It, you're the one that's responsible. You got to lead people through difficult times as well. Uh, I remember a conversation I had with, uh, I forgot his surname, so we, we can maybe mention it, but he's a, he was a former executive uh, in Apple. His name is Max. Um and and we had a conversation and he's like people are not working for me i'm working for my people exactly people need to understand i'm working for my people and every leader needs to understand this right you're there to make sure everybody has whatever you need to succeed and that means and i love what you mentioned it's like every day a little bit a little bit of something right it's it's not like every quarter let's make a team offside and and then the other three months you're like doing nothing right it's like yeah. if that's a commitment if 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 i want to be a effective leader if i want to be a purpose you know people-centered leader i need to maybe sit every week and say what can i do this week to be there for my people how many conversations will i have with the people that i lead and manage so to ask them how they're feeling what do they need where do they want to grow in six months in 12 months you know like like there's so many you know tools strategies practices you can do but but it's it's about deciding this is going to be a priority meaning i need to spend the time i need to spend the resources yeah. and it's sometimes hard because we want to hit goals and targets but it's a necessity absolutely and and we both know howard Bihar, the former uh, president of starbucks international we've been on a mastermind call with him and Luckily, he ended up writing uh, praise for my for for the leadership house book. Still amazed. That's yeah, a... yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he he Howard Howard stands for this servant leadership, and I think this is exactly what, what we are talking about now. It's like you know being there for the team. The team is not there for us, but we are there for the team. And this is just you know in general, I think in life a good a good mindset to have. It's like this give first attitude. So also as a as an investor and a, and a board member, for me it's not about you know the founders working for me or uh, being in charge of of delivering. It's about me asking the founder what can I do to you for you to make you better to 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 help the company achieve the goals. It's always about give first, and if you give first, you usually get back. That's uh, not always the case, um, and also. Um, in in my in my experience, also interactions, also on LinkedIn, is I sometimes sense that people believe that if I reach out, it's about me asking for something, and 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 I think the magic happens if you if you if you meet someone, um, for example, uh, Enrique Acosta Acosta Gonzalez, also a leadership expert from the US. I reached out to him. He was open and we ended up, you know, about, you know, what can we do for each other? It's about giving. And we ended up writing a joint article in the Inc. magazine, this about trust and leadership. Um, and it's just amazing if you, if you, if you give first and focus on helping the others, uh, how, how rewarding this is and, and how much you actually end up getting back um, instead of only focusing on, on ourselves and our egos. Let's talk about leadership of vulnerability, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. find do you find that to be a struggle? I'm coming from uh from the Balkans, and I gotta yeah. say, because of the whole historical and cultural thing, many many founders I, I happen to work with, they're still struggling a lot with you know the vulnerability or like admitting their mistakes. Like in their mind, it's like I need to be my best. I need to show that I'm perfect, because if I if I'm not, then I'm weak, and my team yeah. will not respect me. That's the that's the belief. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So vulnerability. So again, you know, a leadership buzzword. No. 
you know, I, I bet, you know, I asked 100 people, 99 do not have an answer what that actually means. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> some might say um, it's about being weak. Vulnerability doesn't mean that we need to be weak. <clears throat> um, and vulnerability is also not that we can be incompetent. Yeah, it's, it's about, you know, about showing that we are not perfect either. It's about, you know, being transparent that we also make mistake, mistakes. And again, if you are transparent about your, let's say, <clears throat> not blind spots, but weaker, weaker skills, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's, that's totally fine because we cannot be experts in everything. This is why we need a team. This is why we need a strong team. Only as a team, we can achieve our goals. And no, it's, it's, it's actually not possible that, <coughs> that we have a leader who knows everything. Um, so that's, for me, vulnerability. It's good, but it's not being incompetent. And it's, it's, it's really connecting to what you said at the beginning of the conversation as well, that when you are showing up as being imperfect and vulnerable, it's one prerequisite for your team to be able to be more open and say, hey, I made a mistake today and not being afraid that they will be judged or something will happen. And, and, and it's actually a really difficult one. I, you know, I, I keep on having these conversations with uh, when there's a new person joining the team and even with people from my team that there's not a new person, but just reminding him, hey, guys, I really need you to tell me when I'm not doing something well. Because, you know, like you get this kind of a, you're the manager, you're the leader, you're the boss, right? So, so people don't, hey, he's very busy. I don't want to tell him that he was really bad presenting in front of this client, for example, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, it's, it, it was good enough. He's like, no, no, I don't want good enough. <laughs> I want to. I want to know. I want to know when I'm not doing well. Like I want to know that uh, when I'm hosting the podcast, I I'm maybe asking too many questions about this or whatever. Like I want them to be free and safe to say, "Hey, Stoyan, you really sucked yesterday. <laughs> you know, here's, here's what you can do better." And 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 it's you know it's a very hard to 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 build a culture where people are having the trust to show up. And but when you do it, man. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's not easy to embrace this negative feedback. To be open to this, yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's just natural, you know. You know, I I rather hear you know you've done a terrific job, Patrick. <laughs> uh, yeah? So, um, but unfortunately, that's not always the case. Yeah? And then I agree. I want to hear what I can do better. And um, I was uh, giving a I'm I'm keynoting uh, several events and also currently about talking about the leadership house and my, my first, <clears throat> my first uh, keynote I gave, one of my friends was in the audience and he said later on, there were amazing examples that you've been giving um, about <clears throat> the Metallica uh, frontman, James Hetfield, when it comes to how to build a team, how important is, is culture. And he just gave me the feedback that, you know, he, he longed for more of these examples, this, you know, tangible, um, examples of people in these kind of uh, um, difficult situations and how they solve it. it. It makes it more tangible. It's like, you know, storytelling, which is also yeah. why I wrote this book as a story. Yeah. So, but I know at first I thought, you know, he, he wrote me this email that I hope you liked the, the keynote and said, yeah, I liked it. Uh, feedback later. I said, you will feedback later. Well, you know, Ooh, what, what's wrong with my, what's wrong with my keynote? <laughs> but he was honest and he was transparent and he was helpful. You know, he helped me improve. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Feedback is so freaking important. When I started doing workshops initially, and you know me, I have a lot of energy. So I'll structure all this content and, and join a team and, and give them the tools and give them the best material that I have. And and then fortunately I have some of these friends that are really, you know, constructive. They'll like give me the positive stuff. But then one of the guys was like, Stone, great content but why don't you engage people a little more? Like, you know, it was, it was mainly you talking, right? Like people, people <laughs> want to be engaged. People want to work in groups. People want to, I mean, give you, to give you an example, like I come back from this uh, 
training that I did with these 15 teams in, in Estonia, right? And and I know it now because it's been several years I'm in the industry now. I just knew the the final session that I do during such a boot camp is is a, is a mastermind session. Yeah. Right? Like so, yes, I'm the international speaker who shares all these tools and stuff. Great, they like that, but what they like most is interacting with each other, right? Yeah. So when I set the, the frame and moderate meaningful discussions to happen, this yeah. is the one that usually gets the best grades and the highest rating. Yeah. So so but I wouldn't know if I wasn't if I wasn't given feedback, if if I if I wasn't having the right people to come and say yeah. it's going, you gotta step up, man. And we both know um uh, I know one person that that we don't want to work with um but you know it's it's uh, <laughs> no that you know you you immediately sense if if people are self-focused if you know if they try to get every second for themselves to share what they think mm. you know and the conversation is about dialogue and about back and forth and you know getting from a to z via via conversation where we share both knowledge experience and hopefully this is also how we now create value for your audience, not by some, one of us just telling, 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 but, you know, by interacting and, and, and figuring out, asking you questions. Um, and as you said before we started, you know, let's see where we get. We, there was no clear plan. And I think that's, that's great. If you talk about leadership, there are hundreds of places where we can end up. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the converse, conversation will tell us where where we are heading and there's no clear plan there's no clear plan that's sure but there is a clear intention right you know i only like to invite on the podcast people who are on top of being exceptional in what they do they're kind and caring leaders and and this this podcast it needs to be a win-win-win right it yeah. needs to be you know of course i i want to give back and i want people to get inspired but of course i want this podcast to help us and my team as well in some ways to be more out there right so so yeah. there's this thing how do we give the most to the audience from this conversation and at the same time as a, as a host it's like how, how do i feature you patrick because i know you can help a lot of people so how can we feature you and your like so i'm always thinking about that and you're always thinking about that that's why we're here and i think that's that's a very interesting thing that leaders should always navigate right you know on the one side it's like focus on making sure your people have the best you know they, they have the best experience at the workplace they they're given the task they want to be given they're growing and, and at the same time as a leader you need to have a nice on the price right like you have results being an effective leader is like how do i impact people so they enjoy the journey but but then again we need to reach some results so it's it's this balance that's super super interesting and, and patrick i want to read the comment by navid former guest of the podcast, an exceptional leader, a great connector. You can see he, he wrote a big comment and maybe we can we can comment on that. So Navid, first, uh, he mentioned previously in the conversation that he really loved how you dissected friendship and relationship, uh, this aspect. But then he, he wrote, leadership qualities are traits that every great leader shares, regardless of their job, title, including honesty, integrity, confidence, empathy, humility, resilience, vision, influence, positivity, and gratitude. Leadership <laughs> is about inspiring people to do things they never thought they could, not just persuading them to do things they do not want to do. What are your thoughts on that, Patrick? I think nicely summarized, right? You know, and I think if, if, you, if, you, if you look at this list of leadership traits, I think it, it scares a lot of people to become leaders, right? You know, <laughs> I think um, honesty, integrity, confidence, empathy, you know, resilience, vision, influence, positivity. It's great. And he's absolutely, it's all true. And that makes maybe also leadership so difficult. It's, it's not easy to be an effective leader. Um, but it's also, I think, <clears throat> absolutely re rewarding. Yeah? But, but yeah, leadership qualities and traits um, agreed. Yeah. And I think the, the the last kind of thing I I, I want to cover uh, as a topic with you, Patrick, is we we talk about leadership and it it in many ways sounds sexy, right? Like you know I want to be a leader. Everybody wants to be a leader, or majority of of ambitious people wants to be leaders. 
But talking about the other side of things, you know, the 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 weight, the um, the difficulties that comes with being a leader, yeah. like because being a leader also means sometimes making choices, choosing the 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 least worst scenario, right? Like you don't have a good scenario, but you gotta make a choice. You gotta you gotta make a call. You gotta do a decision. Like we're writing now a book about. Um, it's called Performing Times of Crisis. It's about crisis leadership. And yeah. we are going to feature this story, probably seen or heard about it, the Winston Churchill, um, I think it was 1941 or 40. I, I, I'm guessing up right now. But but this is the, the story around the Dunkirk evacuation. Um, and if anybody have watched, uh, there's a movie they featured that story, The Darkest Hour. Um, so basically what happens is in order for all these 350,000 people who are at the, at the coast in France, they want to evacuate them into England. The Nazis are coming. They have a lot of machinery, a lot of guns that, you know, so, so what Winston Churchill does is he's using all these civilian ships and they make the biggest evacuation, right? However, there's these um, bunkers. So, so basically, they they make a plan in a way that they leave four thousand people to die. Mm-hmm. Like th- there's no way. It's like the plan is as such that's the highest probability we save the big biggest majority of people. But these four thousand people, nobody's going for them, right? And, and you know, there's this story where he's like getting all this heat from everybody's like, hey, how can you leave people to to death, man? Like, how can you send those people to death? And so it's like. It's a tough call, right? But but then at the end, they actually ended up saving a lot of people. Uh, but these four thousand people, you know, so so it's like that's the the, the hardship of being a leader. That yeah. you know, sometimes you got to choose between doing the nice thing, you know, the easy thing, and doing the right thing. And doing the right thing means you're taking the ownership. It's on you. You you made the call, right? So, I mean, in, in, in companies, um, let's let's uh, get away from death. Yeah, but in, in, in companies, uh, sometimes yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it's about <laughs> it's, it's about it's, it's also about you know firing or laying off people, mm. and sometimes you, you need to do this. Right? You know, um, it's a, it's a tough topic because um, I mean, currently there are many many people out there who are being laid off, mm. and one could argue is this really necessary. But I think there are situations where, where, where you need to do so in order to make the whole system work. And then that's a tough decision to make for, as a leader because also, um, you, know, you know what that means, what that entails for the people you're saying goodbye to, for their families. So that's not, that's not, not an easy one. Yeah? <clears throat> so indeed, leading, leading is, is not only, uh, it's, it's not only nice. Um, it comes with... Um, a lot of a lot of challenges um and also you know being a leader means everybody's watching you 24 7 like you know you need to be a role model every day every day every minute it's also not easy uh, and and that's also why you know you need to be sure whether you want to be a leader or not and i don't know whether you agree but i see a tendency also towards people trying to become solopreneurs mm. and having a business where they are on their own, but a decent business. Um, they don't have to lead people. They can just do what they are good at. And that can be quite fulfilling and rewarding. So we don't have to be leaders. Yeah? It's really, again, maybe closes the circle. What's the purpose? What's our yeah. purpose? Yeah, and, and, and looking back at your leadership house one of the columns is shared values and i Mm -hmm. think that that is making things a little easier right when you have very clear understanding what are the values that we all buy into right like what are the things that we believe in how do we prioritize them because you can make decisions easier when you are all clear what the values are hey this is a very lucrative financially great uh, project but 
these people that we have to work with, they don't have, they don't share our values. So even though it's going to be hard because we need the finance, we'll say no to this project. For example, right? Tough decision. Yeah, and and, and I, I think in my in my last <laughs> um, talk that I gave, I, I talked in connection with shared values. I dived deeper into Metallica um, because if you if you if you know the Metallica, the heavy metal band story, there was a, a band member at the very beginning, a founding member, Dave, who I think became um, the the head of of um, uh, another heavy metal band. Uh, I don't know the name now. He was an awesome uh, guitar player. Probably one of the best, if not the best. But, you know, and, and there was certainly a, a, how, how Metallica, Metallica describes this is, you know, they had a lot of fun, a lot of alcohol. They call themselves alcohol, alcoholics. Yeah. But, you know, there was one difference, you know, while three had a lot of fun and did stupid things he became like angry and mean. Mm. And, you know, before the first, you know, album came out, the frontman, James Hetfield, said to that guitar player, you're out. Yeah, and and mm. it was certainly, it's still, it's, it's, a, it's a great story about leadership. It's certainly hard for him, you know, if you, if, you, if you know where Metallica is today and that he could have been part of that journey. But James Hetfield decided, no, it's, for me, it's about, you know, not being a cultural fit and culture is so important. You're out, right? Um, Even if and, he's and, a great performer, right? Even exactly. if he's good at what he does. Exactly. So yeah. and, and then when I talk about um, uh, building a strong team, I talk about, you know, that usually the answer is when I ask, you know, what is a strong team? People tell me it's the right people and the right roles. Yeah, but I think that's not the whole story. You know, think about soccer, you know, how many uh, soccer teams have we seen, you know, having the, like the Messi, like uh, Paris, P P PSG, they don't win anything, the, the Champions League, they have the best players in the, in the right positions, but they will lose anyway. So for me, it's about, you know, it's about, in addition, it's about teamwork and teamwork is just one, one value and, and kind of part of the team culture. So for me, having the right people has two dimensions. And the first is, you know, functional fit. And the second is cultural fit. Do, do, this, do the people embrace the same values in terms of how we want to get from A to Z? And that's, that's, that's I think, where the magic happens. That is where the magic happens. And if you want to know more where the magic happens, you should definitely go and get a copy of Patrick's book that's coming out today. Today yeah. is 27th of April, if you're listening to the podcast uh, later. The Leadership House by Wiley. Let me see if I have somewhere here the picture for the people who are watching the video. The Leadership House. Um, and Patrick, maybe just just finally to kind of wrap up this episode, where could people find the book? And maybe once again, can you summarize uh, what will people get out of reading the book? And who is this book for, really? Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's still unbelievable for me, but um, it's, it's supposed to be in bookstores around the globe. So Wiley is pretty bullish on this book that, you know, it can really help people. So let's see. Um, you can so certainly also buy it on, on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and other online retailers. Um, yeah, it's an, an amazing day. I think, I don't know, you never know when you start writing a book. I guess it's it has been now uh, two years. Um, that I've been working on this on this project and it's it's an amazing day. What people can get out of this is they can get they will get a system, a framework they can follow systematically. Yeah. So I think they will understand what all the buzzwords mean. And it's all wrapped hopefully into an exciting, surprising story um, that is fun to read and ends up, you know, if you if you close the book. Um, and some some have already read it and, and, and said, you know, it's easy digestible. It's a wonderful story. And they they like the system. So hopefully this book helps helps many leaders out there. Yeah? And maybe okay. I've just noticed maybe one word, uh, Stoyan. We, we, we named this How to Become an Effective Leader and Impact Humankind. I just realized, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, you know, not everybody needs to be a leader, but, you know, the biggest problems that we are facing, like climate change, et cetera, yeah, 
we won't solve them on our own. We need we need strong teams to solve them. And for strong teams, we need strong leaders. And you know, that's also why I believe this little book uh, can not only help people become better leader, maybe it has a little, little, little tiny impact on on our on our life, on, on humankind, you know, by maybe helping some some founders become effective leaders and solving great problems that we have and that we must 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 solve. There you go. Now we covered that so we can keep the title as it is. Thank you so much, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to receiving my... I'm actually super proud to have been the first person who pre-ordered the book and I can't yeah. wait to receive my signed copy by Patrick now that I will not be traveling in the next like 10 days. So Patrick, after the call, I'll make sure to send you my address and uh, <laughs> look forward to read the book. And uh, everybody listening who is... Uh, interested in building companies, who is a manager, who is maybe being promoting as a manager and now needs to take a leadership role, make sure to check out the Leadership House. It's already out. So do yourself a favor and read that book. Let us know what you think. And of course, thank you so much for listening to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, 147 episodes already. Um, if you haven't yet, do subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, share this episode with a friend if you find that it could be useful and keep providing us with feedback and we'll keep bringing you people like Patrick sharing practical tools how to be a better leader and a better entrepreneur so thank you so much and see you next time the next episode of Productivity Mastery Thank you guys for listening make sure to subscribe to my monthly newsletter by visiting stoeniankov.com and also learn about the PERFORM methodology and the PERFORM book, as well as our various personal and team coaching offers. Stay tuned and keep performing.